everyone and welcome back to another episode of the TV That Changed Me podcast. I'm Beth Watson and today we're talking about Veronica Mars. So I need to start today's episode with a few announcements and a few heads up. The first heads up is that This is going to be the last episode of our first season. I first recorded all of the episodes in a massive batch at the start of 2021. And I was expecting to maybe get like four or five different guests and I managed to produce like 10 episodes. So I'm really, really happy that that went so well. I was also expecting to get like zero listeners and it's been quite a lot more than that. So I'm just really appreciative of everyone who's taken the time to listen and to the people who've listened to multiple episodes and the people who've left us a review on Apple Podcasts and the people who've told their friends. So a huge thank you to all of that. I'm going to take just a short break over August and then be back in September with lots of exciting new guests and exciting TV shows to talk about. So watch this space. Then, in terms of this episode today, I need to give you a heads up and say I'm really sorry, but there was a big problem with my mic. I don't know what it was. But when I went to listen back to the episode, my mic sounded like really scratchy and really, really weird. So I've done my best to try and fix that um, and basically kept Mariana as uh, the main voice of today's episode. I'm really sorry if my mic is in any way distracting. I've tried my best. I thought it was better to release something and have you guys hear from Mariana about Veronica Mars because we had a really great chat than leave you with nothing, especially because I'm going to take a break over the next month about the episode. I had actually never watched Veronica Mars until we recorded this conversation. And when I did watch it, I just was so joyful and thinking, why on earth didn't I watch this as a teenager? I would have lapped this up. I have a small inkling. It was what Channel 4 put on when Gilmore Girls wasn't on. And I think because of that, I harbored some resentment towards it. Um, And for that, I want to tell Kristen Bell and the creators of Veronica Mars, I am truly sorry because what an incredible character. And I had so much fun talking to Mariana about it today. Uh, Final heads up of all the heads up is that uh, we're going to be mentioning sexual assault, which is a kind of key plot point in Veronica Mars. Um, And so if that's something that you will find particularly upsetting, feel free to skip this one. So yeah, that's it. And one final thank you for everyone who's helped make this first series really great. Let's get on with the show. My name is Mariana. I'm a comedian, photographer, writer, whatever, like graphic designer, whatever you need me to do, I will find a way of doing it. Uh, And I'm Portuguese and I'm based in London. Amazing. Which part of Portugal are you from? I'm from the north, from a small town very near Porto. It's, It's beautiful. It's very hilly. I think everywhere I lived in Portugal is very, very hilly. And then I moved to London that is basically flat. Unless you go to some areas, like I went to Walthamstow the other day and I'm like, okay, here are some hills. <laughs> yeah, or Highgate is quite hilly, but I mean, yeah, there's really nowhere in London that's as hilly. I mean, there's Lisbon, like Lisbon is just like, you could like tone your bum in like two days living in Lisbon. <laughs> 
And you see, like, um, I don't know, you have the, the idea that older people have more mobility issues, so maybe they couldn't live in a city like that. But you've seen see them living in really, really steep hills with, like, hundreds of steps, and they do it. So, yeah, don't don't find excuses for yourself not to move. You can move until very late. Yeah, you see the tiniest old ladies, like, scaling these enormous mountains and, like, going incredibly slowly but getting there in the end <laughs> i absolutely um i love portugal as well i speak portuguese and i'm like i have spent a month or so living in lisbon so i do love i love all things portugal great i, I love to find people who all love portugal uh even though i ran away uh, <laughs> i still love it <laughs> yeah of course like even if you live somewhere else you still like the place you're from in general yeah yeah there's always like things you like and things you don't like right but the same with london that where i live and where i call home um there are things i love about it and some other things that i don't quite enjoy that much what's something that you don't enjoy about london like the the gray maybe it's the <laughs> the thing that it takes takes a toll with time it wasn't something that bothered me at when I first moved here because I have like a probably I had a hate relationship with the sun and now I have a love-hate relationship with the sun so it grew a little bit I burned very easily so I had to hide myself from the sun all the time in Portugal and here it's I don't right but then I miss it and whenever it's sunny I just want to be outside there definitely has to be a happy medium between the UK and Portugal in like terms of the place where you won't get burnt, but you won't be sad because the sky is grey. Like that has to exist. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Listeners, <laughs> send us your suggestions. Where should we move next? Yeah, where is that? Like the middle of France? I'm not sure. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the iconic show, which is Veronica Mars. Do you feel like you can... Give us the premise of the show. Yeah, the premise of the show, basically the show is about this teenage detective, <laughs> which sounds very basic, but that's what it is about. But she lives in like this uh, um, small town in, I guess, California, because it's like sunny and there's the seaside. Her father is a, an ex-sheriff um, and is now a detective. And then there's a lot of like class struggles and uh, a lot of crime and a lot of mysteries she has to solve a lot of crime for a small town and a lot yeah. of mysteries um i love the funniest thing watching but watching i've watched veronica veronica mars for the first time this week my favorite bit of the pilot was her saying a town with no middle class <laughs> Yeah. There was like all of these very middle class people sat around at her school. I would also purport that Veronica is middle class, but um what do you think about that? Yeah, like if you think about it in in the terms you know, I guess she seems to be doing okay, right? They they have cars, they have a house, they have a dog. They seem to be doing okay, right? So they, they she studies at a good school. 
it looks like they are middle middle class, but then sometimes her father says stuff like, "Oh, we we now will be able." I just caught this criminal, so I got this massive uh, reward. So now we will be able to eat for a week. I'm like, mm, maybe they're just not showing us how poor they are. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. So they're alluding to the fact that they don't have much money, but it's not really visible from Veronica, yeah. from Veronica and her dad's. Um, the way they dress or anything like that. like it's not so clear but yeah i loved that that made that made me laugh like a town with no middle class brilliant <laughs> um so that sets it up quite nicely and so she's a teenage detective she's solving crime she's solving mysteries and i think it's fair to say what the biggest overarching mystery of the first season is the death of her friend yeah the murder of her friend her best friend and her boyfriend's sister which is all very it's also very incestual is that a word (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's incestuous incestuous Incestuous, yes it's all very incestuous like i what i also obviously i couldn't watch the entire first series in this week so i i I was like trying to like read along as i went i was like watching an episode reading what happened watching an episode reading what happened even with the extra reading i was doing I still don't really understand the plot of this show. It just seems unnecessarily dense. And the- it is <laughs> it ahead. is sometimes a bit soapy, so opera like as well. Cause even this this main mystery, it 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 does get solved by the end of this series, but then in the second series you discover that maybe it's not all solved there's also the mystery of the way she was she, she she frames it like this the way she lost her virginity which turns out to have been she was roofied and she doesn't know who she lost her virginity to because she was roofied at a party that mystery also comes back to bite you in the second season and it's not really how she found out uh, in the first season what had happened something else happened so yeah all of the mysteries have like layers and layers of things to be found out it's like season one mystery solved season two mystery comes back we didn't solve that after all the roofy thing obviously i'll put a bit of a warning at the start of the show because that took me by surprise massively what i was like oh she's a kid detective she's probably going to be solving like who stole my friend's cat or something like that and then i was like oh what there's a sexual assault in like the first 20 minutes what they did deal with like heavy subjects which i think is part of why i enjoyed it and i don't like sometimes I wonder who who is it aimed at as a show, right? Because yeah, some themes are very ad adult like, right? So yeah, you don't really want a kid watching this kid detective solving uh, mysteries about rape and even murder. The mur- like the um, there's blood and stuff like that, and it's like you get to know that it's and and. It ends up being like a uh, violent. Mur- I don't want to ruin the se- the, the series you can, for you. I, I mean, it finished in like two thousand and seven, so I think yeah. we can say that most people who are listening to this will have had the opportunity to watch Veronica Mars. If they if they are worried about spoilers, they can skip past the next sixty seconds or something. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, all of the crimes are very violent in nature because they they deal with. 
uh, even like the main mystery, which is uh, the murder of Lily Kane, you end up finding out that her boyfriend's father, <laughs> I'm like confusing myself, but yes, her boyfriend boyfriend's father killed her because they were having a, re- a sexual relationship. And she found out that he was filming her without telling her. And when she confronted him and like stole the, the tapes to share with everyone, he killed her. <gasps> okay, because I Violently, read that. I read that. Bludgeoned. Bludgeoned, bludgeoned to so, yeah. death. Poor, poor Lily Kane. I mean, I read that, but I don't think I quite understood the gravitas of the situation. So... Lily Kane was having an affair with her boyfriend's dad. Yeah. And then when when Veronica is about to when Ver- Veronica solves it and goes to confront him, then she tries to run away and then I think that's at the on the last episode of the first season I'm confused like where things happen in the series, but he ends up he ends up following her and he shuts her inside um, a fridge in like this abandoned house thing he shuts her inside a fridge and it just sets fire to the place and he's about to let her die <laughs> shut inside a fridge until her father shows up and saves the day but yeah that's very violent right <laughs> I'm so shocked like I was also like okay so they've got this kind of dodgy rape story storyline and they've got this kind of like intense murder. I was like, that's probably, they're probably going to try and pedal back from that, from the rest of the show, because that's quite heavy and they wouldn't want to overdo it. But no, there's no. trapping people in fridges and setting fire. Okay. Right. Yes. I see. I and there see. are, even like in the second season, then there's, because then each episode has an extra mystery that she's solving mm. as the detective she is. That's not like the main overarching one. Um and in the second season, there's another one that's like, that has to do with rape and um, what you call them, sororities and Jesus. stuff like that. What's the male one? That's fraternities. Sororities. Fraternities, yeah. So yeah, it's very, very <laughs> intense. heavy and intense, intense. yeah. So what about you then? So when did you start, did you start watching Veronica Mars when it came out or did you come to it to some sort of repeat situation? And, and with, I mean, you've got these really heavy storylines. Why do you think you were so drawn in by the show? I'm like um, someone that started watching movies and TV, like whatever, very early without parental supervision. <laughs> So I was watching like the X-Files when the X-Files came out um, and other things that I think are not famous anymore. Like no one will remember The Profiler and The Pretender. I was watching that at the same time I was watching X-Files and all of them were like crime and heavy and whatever. And I do think I watched Veronica Mars when it first came out because there was this alternative channel in, in Portuguese TV that will bring things that weren't very famous I guess and Veronica Mars is kind of a cult series because even they've recently in 2014 I think so that's not recent anymore they did a movie and that was all like with the cultish following uh, 
requesting it and I think they actually had a GoFundMe and everything so the fans funded the movie yeah uh, so I did watch it as a young person who maybe shouldn't be watching it <laughs> it's really interesting when I was kind of so I learned about the obsessive fandom of mm -hmm. Veronica Mars too and the fact apparently yeah I read about the GoFundMe they raised 5.7 million pounds yeah. to fund a Veronica Mars movie and then when they didn't like it, they released a documentary called Broken Fandom. I haven't watched the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> About how upset they were that Veronica, the Veronica Mars movie or like Four Season or whatever you want to call it was, um, was really disappointing. And so you've got this very like ferocious, ferocious, ferocious um, fandom community and when I was kind of looking into it it seemed like a lot of people really loved the show because of the darker content and what people were disappointed about was that the fourth season or whatever it was uh didn't go as deep into the dark yeah times. there is a fourth season and a movie ah, <laughs> so there's the okay. two of them Thanks. yeah okay can you explain the distinction then ah I think they came uh, they came back back sort of this at the same time. I can't remember dates. Uh, and the movie is after the series, and it's meant more of like an as a conclusion. But I was very disappointed because I did rewatch everything when I when this was the choice I made, um, and I was very disappointed because the the original series ends in a mystery that they that then they never come back to <laughs> i want to know that and it has to do with sororities again and like with people getting ahead because they have contact contacts and they're rich and it's all the cane guy the cane software developer developer person is the person who's really involved with that then we never go back to it <laughs> and i was very disappointed and the fourth season, uh, she's she's a lawyer in the big city. I can't remember if it's New it's New York, and she's in a relationship with the, her boyfriend at the end of third season of the third season, who's a character that doesn't exist in the first season. Because in the third season, she's in college. And she starts dating this guy who's a really nice guy. So not a, like a bad... I, you've only watched the first season where she so far uh, has only dated Duncan. But she also has a relationship with Logan, i.e. her uh, best friend's ex-boyfriend. Not ex-boyfriend. He was her boyfriend when she died. So I guess her best friend's boyfriend. <laughs> uh, and then she has... A, and Logan is like a bad boy, right? He's... Uh, and she has a in the third season she's in a relationship with this guy who's a good guy and there's like again some sort of like love triangle between this good guy Logan and her and in the fourth season she has to come back to Neptune which is the city where they live to solve a mystery I can't remember which mystery she comes oh Logan calls her to help him out with something because he was um, uh, blamed for a crime he didn't commit and she has to come and help him out. And she's only meant to come back for a weekend because she has a job in New York that she needs to come back to. 
and it's all very complicated and she ends up staying in Neptune and giving up on her career as a successful lawyer in New York. That's the fourth season, more or less, like in a nutshell. There's uh, mysteries, again, dead people, but none of them related to the third season. So it does feel a bit, um, yeah, uh, anticlimactic because you never get to find out to to keep the stories of the, the third season. And then the movie, it's later on. So I think there is like maybe 10 years in between everything or wow. something like that. Because uh, then in the movie, she's with Logan. They're married. They're not married, but they're, yeah. Then that that's all much more to do with their relationship, whether they want to get married, whether she wants to keep being an independent woman. Yeah. So do you think the fans got what they wanted with the Logan marriage at the end of the movie? That's, again, one of those things that I guess it depends who you talk to because some people wanted her to stay with the good guy, right? But Logan turns out... I I love Logan. He turns out to be a very uh, nice person, a very vulnerable person, despite all his... uh, (laughs) his problems it's like in real life you love people despite their (laughs) faults amazing amazing and so there's a real journey with this show (laughs) and then there's a real journey there's a really dedicated community i love that i love that i love that but wait so you you let's go back to the kind of like you and your love for it do you remember like when you were watching it in portugal on your alternative channel how kind of how old were you I guess I was like 15, 14, 15, around that time. Yeah. And what, what kind of effect did Kristen Bell and her flippy bob have on you? <laughs> have on you? I just like, I, I did like, uh, you know, because I watched The X-Files, um, I grew up pretending to be a detective. <laughs> Me and my best friend, old like she li- she lived in this building, this four story building, uh, with her whole family, like her aunts and uncles. They all lived in the same place, and we would just run up and down the stairs with like our fingers making guns, <laughs> and we'd walk like with our walls, with our backs to the wall, because that's how you walk safely if someone will. <laughs> we'd like go get do flips on the ground and then sometimes our family would come out of the flats and like what are these kids doing so I always had this connection with mysteries and strong women because I also wanted liked Scully better than I liked Mulder so yeah I always had the connection with like uh, mystery solving and all of that and then she's like a even though I guess I didn't realize that as much at the time when I first watched it, because like rewatching it as an adult, I realized that she is very much um, connected with like the the really rich people, and she really wants to be really rich. So, <laughs> and she really wants to be like them. It's not like she's an indie alternative kid for by choice. She's put there because, which I guess is also partly how most kids get there. It's because, for some reason, the popular kids don't engage with them, right? But for her, it seems like it's much more of a struggle than for a a regular kid who just doesn't 
wear the right kind of trousers, <laughs> which was how it happened, how you weren't popular in my high school. Um, but yeah, I think that that idea for like I was very indie, indie, an indie alternative person. So that bit of her also made me connect with her. She's, she's yeah, she's a really interesting character in that way because she's popular, and in the flashbacks she's got this like very like Barbie like appearance, doesn't yeah. she? She's got the long kind of curly blonde hair, and she's wearing mini dresses. Yeah, very white. Yes, very white in like all senses of the word. <laughs> and then um, she. And then when she obviously has all this terrible shit happen to her, you know, like the murder and et cetera, et cetera, she comes back and she's like edgy and she like tells people what she thinks and she's got this like cool flippy bob. And yeah, I, it's, I can see how that would be really, um, I can see how that could be something you'd really relate to if you felt like you were kind of an outsider. Yeah. Um, but I guess what you're saying is that she's she's not a true outsider. What do you want to kind of explain that a bit more? I feel like she's always uh, aiming to be accepted, which again I guess everyone is. But it's maybe because of her past as someone who was they call them the O'Niners because they live in that uh, postcode. Uh, she used to be a, an O'Niner, right? That that's I think that's the, what they call them. Um, so it's not not yeah. And before she was this outcast, she all outcast people. So now when the series starts, like from that moment on, she fights for for the um, the outcasts, all the outcasts. The, uh, she. Uh, she fights to for the gang who are gangs because they're Latinx and they're they're poorer and whatever. So they're like pushed to be to crime because of the circumstances. And she know, knows that and she helps them out. Uh, she helps everyone that the O'Niners in some way turn into an outcast but I don't think she I guess we all grow right so even her as a character grew uh, because she she wouldn't have done that in her previous life as an O-Niner if tragedy hadn't happened she'd probably never have been that nice a person <laughs> Yeah, and I guess that's kind of what the show is saying is like it it's completely changed her and it's taken these horrible things happening for this kind of like pretty popular girl to relate to the outsiders in the show. Yeah. And the obvious example of that is probably Wallace, her best friend. Do you want to talk yeah. a bit about Wallace? So Wallace, I think he comes up right in the first episode um, and he's like, the new kid in school, he's black, he works in this um, gas place, what you call them? Gas, <laughs> gas station. In, yeah, gas station. Uh, and the, the first, I don't know if it's the first day it's at school, but I imagine it is, is tied to a pole and he was tied 
to a poll by the, I can't remember the name of the gang, but by the gang people. And everyone is mocking him and shouting like dumb shit at him. And she's the only person who goes there and takes him out of the poll. And eventually they became, become friends, not because, because she really is looking for friends, but just because he's now sort of an outsider as well. And she's the only, again, this is very American, I think, the, where you sit at lunch. <laughs> she's the only person who lets him sit at her table at lunch. And that's how they eventually become friends. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? I feel like I wonder what the reality of American high school politics is because from everything you watch on tv it's like they all look, go to these huge schools in california and do all of these crazy activities where you sit at lunch is like of the most the utmost important and there's this like very clear stratified class system yeah. of who's, <laughs> who's popular and who's not what was what was it like in portugal you said you were a bit of an outsider or indie yeah. kid but it's it was more related to I don't know to the type of music I listened to and the type of clothing I would wear, and I guess if I compare myself to the rest of the girls in around my age, they all like had boyfriends and they all like gossip go- gossiped about each other and all of that, and I was never a lot into that. Like I, me and my two best friends not engage in that but there was no like hierarchy like that like the American kind of hierarchy uh, at all <laughs> I, I don't know if there is now because I feel like the American movies end up influencing the way people outside of America behave uh, so maybe now there are those kinds of things but at the time we were like in Portugal, there's I know, like in the UK, you have pub, the public school is actually the private school, but I let's fucking, ju- I hate that yeah, so much. that's very that still confusing. confuses me, and I'm British, like I'm <laughs> it's yeah. such a confusing thing. <laughs> but in Portugal, like the public education, as in free education, is the norm, so everyone will go to public school. Um, so yeah, everyone is in everyone goes to class together so there's not yeah I remember like I I was also not never I hated brands <laughs> so everyone would like were wear Levi jeans and no that's like just flaunting <laughs> that you have money uh, or like the girls will set up like tomorrow we're, we'll all go to school wearing a red skirt and I'm like I'm not a sheep I mean I, I will dress as I want <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's more like in that in that sort of sense it's not that um, there were hierarchies but yeah if, if there I yeah I probably wouldn't be like the popular kid because of that but there weren't those kinds of hierarchies that much the interesting about the clothes thing as well that's like very mean girls like on Wednesdays we wear pink and <laughs> um, yeah yeah we also don't I mean it's different in the UK isn't it as well because I think there are probably popular groups and unpopular groups 
there definitely was a bit of a vibe of that at my school but it was kind of more about like who drunk more and who went to more parties rather than wealth I think yeah. there were definitely some poor kids in the popular group and there were some rich kids in the unpopular group so I went to a free public yeah but not not public fucking I went to a state school <laughs> where most people were probably more or less like the same sort of region on the class scale yeah. not like Veronica Mars the town with no middle class um, <laughs> um but yeah it's really interesting isn't it the whole idea of how American high school dramas and shows have really like influenced not only other media in other countries but like I'm just thinking about sex education I don't know if you've watched that on Netflix yes yeah, yeah, that's very much set in like an American high school, even though it's even British. Though, yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting that that's kind of like the American high school is almost seen as like neutral. So you're you've got a podcast that's about being brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What inspired you to want to do that podcast? And also, what about bravery is kind of important to you? Because it's a big theme in Veronica Mars, I guess, as well. Yeah, and like I've I've actually when you invited me for your podcast, uh, you sort of um, told me asked me that maybe I could choose something that had to do with bravery, and that's why I chose Veronica Mars. Because if you have given me just like the whole of TV production, it would have been very hard for me to to pick. <laughs> <laughs> Are you quite indecisive? I just watch a lot of things and I love <laughs> a lot of love a lot of it so it will have been a hard uh but also like I I also did consider Buffy the Vampire Slayer because she's another brave uh TV character but I for me Buffy doesn't hold up as well as Veronica Mars I did try to rewatch Buffy at some point I think during the pandemic I guess because it's been so long I can't remember what I've done and I couldn't really like I couldn't enjoy it I thought it was very it was very a lot harder for me to suspend my disbelief for Buffy than it is to suspend it for Veronica Mars and I don't even think it's just because of the supernatural parts of Buffy but going back to bravery and why I started a podcast about bravery uh i just i truly just wanted to have conversations with people and like chat to to friends or to potential friends people i wanted to meet and chat more with um so the process went from that i want to have conversations with people to I need a hook to sell the show right and I, I can't just say huh conversations with people i mean people have started podcasts on less to be honest <laughs> And then, like, talking to a friend who's, like, a commissioner, uh, so is usually talks to people who are trying to pitch ideas. She was trying to find things that were specific about me. And she tried, like, the angle of, you're foreign. I don't want to make a podcast about being foreign. Uh, but then she, she did... Yeah. Uh, she did say, oh, you're brave. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Because uh, I don't think... I like the the idea of bravery has changed a bit for me over the last uh however long I'm recording the podcast uh but yeah I don't necessarily think that the things people say I am brave for are necessarily things I am brave for but that like started me thinking about bravery and having conversations about bravery and realizing that 
people have different ideas of what it is to be brave and people have different life experiences that lead them to both thinking different things are brave, but also having opportunities to be brave. Because if you just, like, if you have a regular easy life, you don't necessarily have, like, the traditional opportunity to be brave by, I don't know, like Veronica Mars saving someone from dying. <laughs> but you may be brave because you're either anxious or depressed or whatever and it's hard for you to get out of bed so there are different sort of brave things you can do in your day-to-day -day life or even moments where you're out of your comfort zone which i always put between parentheses because i think it's easier for people to think of those moments rather than to think of moments where they have been brave and i think both things are related i think a lot of it, and again, I'm going to say the word again, <laughs> a lot of it comes from the fact that I am foreign <laughs> and people think that moving to a different country, that the language that is spoken is not the language that you grew up with and um, the culture is maybe a little different and all of that, people think that is brave. I, I personally don't think that is necessarily brave. I think there are moves that you can make in your life that are brave, like even geographical moves that you can make in your life that are brave. But I, I don't know, moving to another country in the EU, I know it's no longer in the EU, but it was at the time, moving to another country in the EU that speaks a language that you've been speaking since you were nine, learning since you were nine, <laughs> and where they produce TVs and movie that, movies that you have consumed since very early so it's not like a strange land of mythical myth, mythical creatures it's the uk <laughs> so i don't think that is brave uh but i do understand that from the perspective of someone who maybe has always lived in the uk doesn't speak another language <laughs> maybe that is brave was there anything else more about veronica mars you wanted to bring to the table yeah, there's like two things, because I did take some notes, and I think like uh, a thing we didn't mention is that it is funny. There's a lot, she's like a quippy character, and I think it is like a funny, uh, there's like, yeah, comedy to it. So I think that's something else that uh, made me like it. And the music is great. So those are the two things about the series that I think we didn't mention and that I wanted I, to mention. The music, wait, but we should spend some time on the music because the music is great, like really, really good. Like, and also kind of out of, um, a bit out of kilter with the kind of teen shows at the time. Like I, would, I used to watch One Tree Hill occasionally and I never liked it that much, but it had really cheesy music at, uh, attached to it. Like all of these kind of ballads and like sort of croony songs. Meanwhile, like, Veronica Mars has got, like, fucking songs from the streets and stuff. The band, The yeah. Streets. Yeah. It's great. It's great. And, like, for a while, I actually thought that Rob Thomas, the creator of Veronica Mars, was also Rob Thomas, the musician, because the music was so good. For sure, he had, like, connections with the music industry. They're two different people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the music in the show is amazing. And I guess... Did that kind of like fuel or was part of your sort of like indie 
space. I guess, guess like I've always, I don't know, I don't know why <laughs> I started liking like more independent music. I was very influenced by my sister, who lis- who's four years older than me and who listens will listen to a lot of like alternative uh, music. Uh, it wasn't like the kind of music people around me. Li- they, everyone was listening to the Spice Girls and the Backstreet Boys and I just like wasn't into them. Uh, <laughs> and that sometimes I think whether I started started liking like more like music other people wouldn't my age wouldn't necessarily listen to more to be a contrarian but what the truth is that I do still love them so I don't know if my brain grew to love them from being a contrarian or if I just like that sort of music anyway to start with but that's a bit like Veronica Mars isn't it it's like she's kind of like a bit contrarian a bit tough on the outside, but as we know, she's a marshmallow. And yes. it's it's kind of, that's the sort of like indie outsider vibe with Veronica Mars. And maybe yeah. that's kind of what resonated with you, this kind of like indie outsider music. Yeah. And it's also like another thing that I think we maybe didn't really go into that much, which is the fact that she is tough and brave and puts herself like in dangerous situations but she's also very vulnerable and that's something i didn't learn with veronica mars because i i do feel like i grew up uh being uh taught messages like uh you need to be to be strong you can't cry you can't be vulnerable uh and that there's like a whole process right now of me trying to teach my brain that i can be vulnerable and and tough at the same time uh but i think veronica mars was that she was tough and vulnerable too can you give an example of that i think whenever she's yeah but i think whenever she's um um dealing with like relationships with both duncan and logan she can she 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 is very vulnerable but always from a strong uh stance as well so she she will get sad and cry but also don't not let that uh stop her from keep living life which i think uh is some yeah i th- i think that is a teaching to take from it because you can be vulnerable you can cry your eyes out but still and we know there are people who have mental health issues that make all of that more difficult so i'm not uh, addressing them but you can like m- let yourself be vulnerable and still go on with your life I do have like another point in my notes that I think I don't know I I might have been uh, <laughs> trying to, hard to to find connections between Veronica and Mars in my life. <laughs> no, I love it. I love but it. I <laughs> I am polyamorous, uh, and um, I feel like Veronica Mars loves many men in this uh, series and I do truly believe she loved all of them and she made choices about who to be with uh, within the circumstances of her life at the moment 
And yeah, so she made me believe, and this is why I'm I'm trying to make connections, because I'm sure it wasn't Veronica Mars that, on her own, that made me believe this. But she made me believe that it was possible to love more than one person. And the reason why you stay with one person for longer than you stay with another person is because at that time in your life, it makes more sense in practical terms, it's not like the feeling of love that is something that we all should be thriving for. That's really (laughs) interesting, though. And that is a really good point, that actually a lot of the time... My dad talks a lot about how, like, he always said, like, oh, you know, relationships shouldn't be convenient. Like, he said that when I was younger, I think. And it's... But they're always convenient like it's all you always end up like in I shouldn't say this my girlfriend's in the other room but like you end up being with the person who's convenient and the practical relationship that works for you practically at the time and um that's yeah that's such an interesting thought to have pulled from Verona Kamal's even if you feel like you're stretching that's an interesting point anyway yeah (laughs) and it's not to say that like you don't love people (laughs) the people you are practical with as well i i think like like feelings exist there right i'm just like making that point clear it's not just because i don't know i'm sure people yeah (laughs) but it's like there's and again i'm polyamorous so there is three people i love and i'm in relationships with not right now but that has happened in the past uh but there are situations like if someone just moves to the other end of the world and there's no phones, which is not a thing <laughs> that happens of this present. Yeah. But like, especially like in the past, if you couldn't even hear someone's voice, you just could communicate through letters and they were living really far away. Come on, that that can only survive mm, so far. Yeah, that's not so much fun really, is it? Exactly. No, no. And um, I also find that interesting because there's so many love triangles in TV and yet polyamory is not ever an option to the character. I get angry. I get angry sometimes at my... I, I, I don't have a TV, so I watch things in my laptop. And I get angry at my laptop sometimes because, like, come on, you love those two people and you're trying to make a choice. Just don't. Just be together. Veronica could then be with Logan and Duncan. Yes. How would that how would that and work out as a polyamorous pa- relationship? Do you think it would go well? <laughs> I guess because Logan and Duncan were friends, so they got along well. And Logan, this is again further along in the in the series. I can't remember where when. Uh, I think it's the second season. Lo- Duncan does have a baby with another teenage girl <laughs> that ends up dying in a bu- school bus crash the girl <laughs> so she she's like in a coma for a while enough time that she's able to give birth but then she dies <laughs> of course <laughs> what that the more i say it out loud wild what so yeah. they killed the woman, but they saved the baby. That's the most American thing I've ever heard. Exactly. 
Thank you so much, Mariana. Is there anywhere we can find you in terms of like socials, that kind of thing? I'm at at Mariana's bits, like in bits, <laughs> my bits, <laughs> on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, even though I have like three videos on oh, TikTok. Oh, nice. I'll follow you on TikTok. And that's our show thank you so much for listening our music was produced by the beautiful person that is iora music check her out on spotify she's got some new songs out uh you can find us on twitter and on instagram at tv change me on instagram and at tv change me pod on twitter and please subscribe and i would be so grateful if you would leave us just one teensy kind review on apple podcasts Uh, I think that's everything. Cheers, babes. Bye.